And you can be seated. Thank you, Alan, for leading us in worship this morning. <clears throat> it is now time for Children's Church. We have Marcy over here with our Children's Church, pre-K through third grade. If you'd like to go to Children's Church to hear the gospel in your own language, it is available to you. Parents, if your child goes to Children's Church, they will be upstairs in the children's area after the service, and you can pick them up up there. Uh, before we get started this morning, I do have a couple things that <clears throat> I need to get out of the way. Um, our team is now in North Africa. We have five members of the team that is there for uh, approximately 10 days, um, ministering the gospel to Muslims in a very hard to reach place of the world. Um, it is incredibly uh, Incredibly wonderful place to be, great food, great hospitality, but um, the, the people do not know Jesus. And just pray for our team as they are there. They may be some, some of them may be watching us. We'll hear from them next week. Hopefully they'll send us a video of their updates. Um, also, <clears throat> a longtime member of ours, one of our own, who's been here for a very long time, serving in our um, junior high boys, uh, Sunday school class, Sunday school teacher. Many of uh, even you have been taught by him. He was a deacon in the church. Uh, he went to be with the Lord this weekend, David Kinzer. And so be in prayer for Pam and the whole family, very strong family in the Lord. But the service will be at on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Uh, right here at Northwest. So I hope you all can attend that as we celebrate David and his life and praise the Lord that he is with Jesus. Amen. So we are continuing in our series on spiritual gifts. Gifted to give is what we have entitled this series. And I'm, I'm really interested to see where this goes, aren't you? Uh, what, what is he going to say about tongues and prophecy, right? Like, that's what you want to hear, and, and, but that's not what we're going to be talking about today. So you'll have to come back for uh, what God's Word has to say on those issues. But, um, but we begin a different section in the Scriptures here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as Paul begins to list some of the gifts of the Spirit. And we get to understand or have an idea of what spiritual gifts look like. How we can exercise the gifts or the manifestations of the Spirit in the body of Christ. So my hope and prayer as we work through these individual gifts this morning, we're going to be talking about wisdom and knowledge, specifically the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. But my prayer is that uh, not only you can say, I don't want you to just say, I have that gift, but I want you to see the glory and the majesty of God himself and see how he himself uses people to build up the church for his glory. So remember, every time a spiritual gifts list exists, it's never the same. And thus, this list is not 
thought to be an exhaustive list, but Paul is showing us that there are a variety of ways in which the Spirit manifests himself in the life of his people. And in our series, Gifted to Give, we have seen spiritual gifts as a unique supernatural abilities given to every Christian to build up the church for the glory of God. And so we are gifted by God to give to one another for his glory. Each time we are manifesting the presence of the spirit of the living God. Think of it this way. If we build the church up by our own abilities, our own talents, and how great we are, which we sometimes tend to try to do, how does God receive glory in that? I'll say it again. How does God receive glory if we build his church by our own gifts, our own talents, our own abilities? He does not. Therefore, the church can only be built up through spiritual gifts. It is Christ who builds his church. We are given spiritual gifts to remind us that we cannot build up, strengthen, or encourage the church on our own. It is he who encourages us, but by the grace of God, he uses his people to be a conduit for his ministry. So it is yielding to the spirit of the living God in which allows someone to declare Jesus is Lord and then give their lives for the service of Christ. Thus, these showings or manifestations of the spirit are given to the church to be given to one another. So let's move to the first of the list of gifts as Paul uses these to describe the variety of gifts given by the Lord. The first is the utterance of wisdom. And the second, the utterance of knowledge. And we're only going to deal with these two gifts this morning as we work through each week a, a set of gifts. We don't often use the word utterance, but the Greek word here is logos. Used for utterance, the word. And John uses this in the beginning of his gospel to describe how Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among men to describe the deity of Christ. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among men. Remember how in weeks past we've We've talked about the living God who now speaks in comparison to mute idols that do not speak. God speaks the word of wisdom and God speaks the word of knowledge in the spirit of the living God through his church. Amen? So let's look at this text this morning. I'm going to go back and start in verse 1. So if you'll stand with me in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read 
verse 1 through 8 as we stand in honor of reading God's word, if you are able. Here is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. And that's where we'll be And landing this morning, you can be seated. Let's pray and ask God to bless our time together. Father, we ask that as we open your word, that you would help us to understand how we can be people who strive for these gifts. Meaning, we humbly submit to you in our life to be used by you for your glory. Lord, give us these gifts that we so desperately need in our age of worldly wisdom, in the age of worldly knowledge. Lord, give us the wisdom that comes from God Almighty and the knowledge that comes from your word. Father, help us to be people who speak the truth. Father, help us to be people who listen to the wisdom of God in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In 2007, there was a new phenomenon that swept the, the country of the USA. It was uh, in the lives of people, it was called the iPhone. The thing about that is around that time, Jordan and I were living in Thailand. So at that time, we were missionaries with the International Mission Board, and we were oblivious to the existence of the iPhone. At that time, there was something called the Razor Phone. So when we left America, that was the popular thing. It was a fancy, thin flip phone is what it was. If you, if you look it up, Google it, young people, if you've never seen what that is. It's called the Razor Phone. It was the cool flip phone. That was what was popular when we left. So in Thailand, we're, we're separated from all the trends, the happenings, the new technology, etc. in America. And Jordan and I can remember it like it was yesterday. Our family came to visit after months or even a year of not seeing them. We went to the beach for a vacation to just spend time with them. And after a warm embrace and a hug that that seemed to be a long coming, right? A, A homecoming hug, if you will. The statement was, does the hotel have Wi-Fi? thinking that's kind of an odd ask isn't it i mean 
at that point in time, you're going to break out your 30-pound laptop on the beach, right? I mean, that, that's, what it, that's what we were talking about, right? At that time, the laptops were so heavy, you had to kind of carry them with two hands just to hold them. And then a few hours later, after the Wi-Fi had been found, we go to the common area to meet everyone, to, to sit down and have a, a great conversation. And everyone is just staring into their screen, their, their, their little iPhone. <laughs> Granted, we've been spending time in villages with no running water and showering with dipping a cup in a bucket of water and putting it on our head. So we, we were a little bit uh, shocked, if you will, at the technology advances. But we were flabbergasted. And I'll never forget my brother when we were talking to him about it. He, he just said, you know, it's the new thing. In restaurants, people are looking at their phones. At home, people are on the couch and they're looking at their phone. They even take them to class now is what he said. Anything you want to know, it's in the palm of your hands. At any given moment, you can Google it. It was the beginning of the iPhone, right? And we had no clue at the time. You know, there's a lot of noise in our world today. We're hearing a lot of so-called wisdom, so-called knowledge from pundits or experts or teachers. Some people even look for it on TikTok. We do. We're bombarded with so-called wisdom. But what we really truly need as a people of God and as a society is the wisdom and knowledge of God himself. Oh, that God would give his church people who would speak the truth of the word of God. The wisdom of God, the knowledge of God into the hearts of people. Oh, that God would give and rise up people from this church to speak the wisdom of God in their homes. Oh, that God would raise up people to speak the knowledge of God in their workplace. Oh, that God would raise up people to speak the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God in their community groups. Oh, that God would raise up people in his church that would proclaim the truth of the wisdom of God. And that it might be spoken through his church. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 9. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan, the plan, sorry, not the plan, the plan. What is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places? Guess what? The manifold wisdom of God is being shown not here, only here on the earth, but in heaven. 
to the rulers and the principalities in heaven. What is that saying? It's saying that the church is showing the manifold wisdom of God. Manifold meaning many-sided, many-colored. Think of the variety, and that's what Paul is getting at in this text. There is a variety of giftings. There's a variety of wisdom in which God is showing himself through the different colors, the different hues into a beautiful tapestry. Of God's wisdom. God's diverse wisdom now being shown through his church, through the people of God. It's a beautiful thing. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. This is our first point this morning. The word of wisdom and the word of knowledge are given to God's people as gifts. Now this is the only time these gifts are mentioned in Scripture and they're differing interpretations on exactly what this gift actually is but let's dig in to all of scripture and hopefully come to some conclusions according to the word of God about what Paul is actually referring to here and be encouraged by God's wisdom and his knowledge as we've seen that word here utterance that word in the Greek is logos In reference to speaking, remember, as he says earlier, our our God, the Spirit of the living God, is a speaking God. It's not comparing, he's comparing it to mute idols and people who, who worship mute idols become like them, worthless. But the people who worship the one true God follow the path of wisdom that we're going to find is through Christ. They're given the Spirit, and the Spirit inside of them speaks. It doesn't remain silent. It speaks, Jesus is Lord. And, and now he's given some in the church an utterance or a speaking ability to speak wisdom and knowledge of what? Of, of God. God gives that ability. That word there, he uses logos. The word John uses in reference to Christ as the word. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The logos was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And the word, the logos, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Paul uses the same language that John uses to describe 
Christ. When John was writing, the Greeks would understand the word logos to be wisdom or the created order. And the Jews would understand the word logos to mean the very word of the Lord spoken in the Old Testament. The writer of Hebrews describes this word for us, Hebrews chapter 1 1 through 3, here's what he says. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke. God is a speaking God. So the Spirit is also a speaking Spirit. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also, he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So I believe as many translations would attest to that we are speaking the word not a word. There's a distinction there. The utterance of wisdom. The word of wisdom. The word has a connotation to being about Christ. The Lord speaks. And how does he speak? Through Christ. It's interesting, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.24 that Christ is the wisdom of God. So he equates the wisdom of God with Christ. Now, now these gifts are beginning us to point us to Christ, which we, we, we knew that they would, right? Because the Bible points us to Christ. And so these gifts ought to point us to Christ as well, what we would expect. But let's talk about wisdom for a minute. Wisdom can be described as the application of knowledge. I'd like to say it like this. You know, you have knowledge that there is a stop sign. You know that there is a stop sign, but wisdom applies the brakes, right? Wisdom says, I see that there is a stop sign, but wisdom would apply the brakes. In, in another way to put it, I see that there is a God. Wisdom would say, now I will submit my life to Christ, the way to God, God's way of life, right? So we studied in the book of Proverbs last year, how there are two paths. One is the way of wisdom, and the other path is the way of the fool. One leads to life, and one leads to death and chaos. This is what Proverbs is all about. There is a call to wisdom in the Proverbs. If you read the book of Proverbs, it's a call to the way of God, the wisdom of God, the path of wisdom, the way of righteousness. In walking God's path. Proverbs 2 verse 1. I only wanted to read just this short section. But I, I could not keep it out. Because it's so rich. So don't fall asleep on me. When I read the whole 
Proverbs chapter 2, okay? Can you do that? Can you treat this as if this is the word of God to you? Because it is. Proverbs chapter 2, my son, if you receive my words, my words, he's speaking. And treasure up my commandments with you. Making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Don't miss this. Verse 6, for the Lord gives Wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. What are we talking about here? Words of wisdom. Where do they come from? From the Lord himself. Why would he not give the spirit to people to speak words of wisdom, words of knowledge and understanding? He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is the shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, watching over the way of the saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. Why? Because God is good. God is right. He knows the path we ought to walk. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil. For from men of perverted speech who forsakes the path of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked, and who are devious in their ways. You see that, that comparison. There's two paths. The path of wisdom. The path of the fool. Notice he's calling us to listen. And that wisdom comes from the very mouth of the Lord. You know the. The word of wisdom was spoken in the Garden of Eden. The word of wisdom was spoken by God to Adam and Eve. Not to eat the tree of knowledge and good and evil. The crafty serpent, the devil, comes along and he creates what we would call the world's wisdom. The way of the fool. Or the path of unrighteousness. And I want you to notice in Satan's wording and even in Eve's wording, the two areas of wisdom and knowledge that get messed up. This is what the serpent says, Genesis 3, 4, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows. But God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
you really want to know something, you should go against the Lord. That's basically, that's basically the serpent's plea. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she thought that she was attaining wisdom. She took of it, the fruit, and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. She thought she would become wise. But God had already stated the truth, the way of wisdom, to not eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The serpent tricked her. The wisdom of God was certainly not experiencing or knowing evil. That was not the way. The wisdom of God was declared in his word not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but Eve did not declare truth. Instead, what did she speak? She spoke lies, thinking that the tree would make her wise. How many people speak lies into your heart and your mind today? I hope certainly that we are not people who speak lies into the hearts of mankind. Most assuredly, we the church are people who speak the truth of God's word, the way of wisdom, the way of knowledge. And now God is wanting to call gifted men and women of God in the church to declare God's truth, pointing to his ways and his path to eternal life, which is in Christ. Amen? So if you refer back to verse 7, let's read that together. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. This showing of the Spirit of speaking or the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, is manifesting God's nature. It's his character. It's his glory. So we ought to see God the Father, Christ, and the Spirit all manifested in these characteristics of wisdom and certainly of knowledge. So this is our second point this morning. Wisdom and knowledge reflect who God is. Wisdom and knowledge actually reflect the character and nature of God himself. He is the giver of wisdom. Why? Because he is wisdom. He knows all things. He is omniscient. He is knowledge. God's creation declares his wisdom. Did you know that? Even creation, we see the wisdom of God. Proverbs 3, 19. The Lord, by his wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. And what did he declare as he established the heavens? He founded by his wisdom. He declared it was good. Right? His wisdom is good. His creation is good. By his knowledge, the deep 
broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. So even in creation, we ought to see the wisdom of God himself. The beauty and the majesty and the glory of God as the, as the rains come down and water the earth. As the, the moon shines bright in the night and, and makes the tides go the right way at the right times. And the earth that we breathe in, the lungs that we inhale, the air and the sun, the direction of the sun and how far the sun is from the earth and how the trees grow and the seed is planted and how babies are born and our complex brains work. We ought to see the wisdom of God. He declares it is good. You see, God's wisdom is not only good, but it's true wisdom. And only true wisdom can actually come from the Lord. James chapter 1, verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Solomon was one of those who asked God for wisdom. Solomon, the great king, David's son, He asked the Lord for, the Lord came to him in a dream and said, Solomon, what will you want? Ask me anything. Solomon said, I need wisdom. I need knowledge so that I can rule the people, your people, the right way. And guess what? God not only blessed him with wisdom, uh, exceedingly great wisdom, but blessed him in all areas of his life. So much so, the people proclaimed that the wisdom of God was in him. Now we're getting somewhere, right? 1 Kings 3.28, And all Israel heard the judgment that the king had rendered, and they stood in awe of the king because they perceived that the wisdom of God was in him to do justice. Mm. They saw the wisdom of God in them, in him, in Solomon. We know that Solomon was not the true wisdom of God, right? He was a type. He was a shadow. He was a picture of the one who would come, the son of David who would come, who would be the wisdom of God. His name is Christ because Christ was filled with all wisdom and knowledge, I want to speak on knowledge for a moment. We haven't touched on that very much, so we've got to spend some time there. Because it's very important, we don't want to leave out knowledge. Wisdom I can speak on all day. But the word in the Old Testament to know, yada, is used many times for the intimacy of a husband and a wife only to be shared in the intimate connection of a husband and wife This knowing, this deep knowledge or understanding or intimacy 
Philippians 3, the famous text that is here at Northwest, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him. When we're talking about, we're talking about Christ. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That I may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That I, by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. That I may know God. God gives knowledge as he does wisdom. Proverbs teaches us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And later we find that not only wisdom, Christ is the wisdom of God, but he's also the knowledge of God. Colossians chapter 2, Brother Allen, he's teaching that in his Sunday school class. Just finished today. So if you want to know more about this passage, you need to go to his class on Sunday morning. But Colossians 2 says this, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those in Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Get this, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ are hidden, what? All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So someone who is speaking, who is speaking in the Spirit, what are they going to speak about? If they're going to talk about wisdom and knowledge, what are they going to speak about? They can only speak about Christ. They can only speak the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ Jesus. Amen? God is the omniscient God. He's the all-knowing God who knows what is best. He's shown us the path to wisdom in Christ. The mystery of God, wisdom, and knowledge is revealed to us in the gospel where the great God of the universe rescues sinners. And how does he rescue sinners? By becoming sin. He who had no sin became sin so that we could be declared children of God. He took the punishment of sin upon himself. Paul talks about this, the the foolishness of man, the foolishness of of the cross of Christ, right? He talks about the wisdom of man the foolishness of the cross is making the wisdom of man just seem insignificant because of God's plan for salvation. Romans 11.33 sums it up. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments How unscrutable his ways. So not only can we find the depths of riches 
of knowledge and wisdom in Christ. But Paul also tells Timothy that we can find the wisdom that we need for salvation in the very word of God. 2 Timothy 3.15 And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. So what are we talking about when we talk about utterance of wisdom and utterance of knowledge? I believe that God's word has given us enough to understand this gift as a teaching gift. As the church is gifted with those who will speak the word of God, pointing us to Christ who is the wisdom and knowledge of God. So yes, we all should desire to speak the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God through his word, the gift of God. This is point number three. The church needs the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge to be built up. The church needs the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge to be built up. Later in chapter 14, He will call, Paul will call for the exercising of gifts that will build up the church. In Ephesians, he talks about equipping the saints for the work of ministry and those apostles, prophets, teachers, shepherds who are gifted by God to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so that the church may be built up. So the word of wisdom, right, you find in Christ, the truth of God's word, the word of knowledge in Christ. I want you to, I want to I see one more thing of how Paul describes this gift and why we need it. Ephesians chapter 117, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Colossians chapter one, verse nine. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk This is it, verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. 
So why does God give the spirit of wisdom? Why does he allow certain people in the body of Christ to speak of God's wisdom and his knowledge so to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord? That is why we need this in the church. Today you are hearing the wisdom of God from his word. And you've heard the word a lot today, amen? You are not hearing the wisdom of man. How much time do you spend on a weekly basis hearing the wisdom of God? And that will correlate to how you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. There is a direct correlation from hearing from the serpent and hearing from the Lord. Let me tell you, Church, it is tough to be a young person today. It is tough to to be 13 years old today. There are people here that are 13 years old, I'm sure. It is hard because you are constantly hearing from the serpent all day long. And church, we need people these people, to speak the wisdom and the knowledge of God into our next generation's lives. Church, you may think to yourself, well, I'm not doing enough. How about just taking someone to lunch? And just speaking to them what God has taught you according to his word. Are you not using the gift in which God has given to you to speak the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God in in your own life? Colossians 1.28 Him we proclaim. Christ we proclaim. Amen? Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. We need to warn. We need to teach everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Are you struggling? Are you are you? Are you, are you struggling with all your energy, with all his energy that he wants to work in and through you to teach everyone the wisdom that God has given to you according to his word? The wisdom and the knowledge of God. So the wisdom and the knowledge of of God builds the church to maturity. 
It does. So what are we talking about? Essentially, we're talking about God-called men and women who can communicate Christ, pointing people in the path of wisdom, leading people to what? Maturity in their faith. You say, that's me. That's what I want to do. God has gifted you to give. Speak the wisdom and the knowledge of God, church. Let's pray. Father, we pray as we are challenged according to your word to use and exercise our spiritual gifts that we would see, Father, people around us as you see them. Father, that we would speak words of your truth that we would speak Christ, that we would speak the way of wisdom through Christ, the gospel message, not only into our own hearts on a daily basis, but in our homes, our city, and our world. Father, we pray as David and his team are in North Africa, we pray that they would speak word the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge through Christ Jesus. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would infuse them with your spirit and they would speak the truth of the gospel. That people would open their eyes to see who you are. Father, people that have seen that Christ is the way that you would walk them to maturity in Christ through one another. We pray for our community groups that people would be able to speak in their community the truth of God's word and apply them to their own heart and their own mind and in their own lives. They would encourage people to know God, intimately know him. Not surface level, but know him deeply. Father, would you, would you give us th- that gift? And then would you allow us to submit our lives to be used by you f- for your glory? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to spend some time in reflection now.